Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Big Nickel IDP podcast. I am your host, John Macri, fantasy analyst at PFF. Thank you for joining us for another one on this episode, we continue to review the landing spots of the top IDPs from the NFL draft. Rolling on with the safety position, there's a few we like for fantasy potential and a few fugazis as well. Which ones are which? Well, that's why we're here to figure it all out. So let's get it. good folks we are back and you know we're still in rookie mode with dynasty rookie drafts still going on and plenty more still to come last episode we talked rookie edges with my guy joey the tooth and now we move on to the safety position with king of the nerds the dynasty nerds that is mr john glosser john thanks again for coming on how are you my friend very good john i'm glad to be back with you um glad we were able to give your fans two doses of the uh john john who spelled her name correctly or incorrectly (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah real happy to be back and uh talking some uh idp defensive backs rookie style yeah man yeah it's always fun i know you know this this year's safety class a little different maybe not as exciting as years past but um some interesting players for sure anybody that you know watched the the nfl draft noticed that they're probably um or well not probably there wasn't anybody <laughs> taken in the first round uh we thought at least one would go but uh yeah it's, it was weird i mean i thought you know with safety becoming such like a versatile position i would think the nfl would value it a little bit more and we just didn't really get that this year yeah i mean at least higher than you know linebackers going in the top 20 and you know yeah. two two running backs but i mean that's for conversation for another day i guess <laughs> yeah 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 i mean we'll see how it all plays out obviously like there's going to be somebody that that emerges i think from this class at least one um maybe a few more there, there's there's definitely a few that i i like um and that are interesting and could maybe provide some some idp uh potential but uh Either way, I mean, there's there's probably going to be a lot of duds in here as well. Not any of the, not a lot of the ones that we'll talk about uh, tonight are duds. Um, but <laughs> the for the the class as a whole, there's 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 always a lot of safeties that come out. So just kind of tempering expectations with what to expect, and we'll look at depth charts and and you know how these guys kind of fit in and all that stuff as well. But uh, yeah, safety is always a weird one, but a fun one. Agreed. Always, uh, always available on your waiver wire, especially those rookies. Yeah. It seems like before they uh, break out or as they're starting to break out. So, this is always a good, um, you know, a good podcast for the those kind of still doing their rookie drafts or have a rookie draft upcoming to kind of get a little bit of that, uh, you know, sneaky knowledge that they could kind of bring in and, and maybe snipe a guy where uh, 
you know, some of their league mates won't be as, you know, savvy to get in. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's just about kind of keeping these names fresh in your mind because, yeah, you're not going to draft all these safeties in your rookie drafts. I mean, a lot of them aren't going to get drafted unless you're in a really deep league or like seven round rookie drafts, things like that. But they're guys definitely to keep in mind, you know, as you're watching camp battles and injuries that happen and stuff like that, so that you kind of know who they are and maybe what their role might be. So, when waivers come, like you said, you could kind of pick them up. We know what we're getting, and and hopefully they could deliver for us once the season starts. So, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get into all of that with these guys. And I mean, we, we basically have a list here of uh, I think what we got the first ten rookie safeties drafted in this year's class. Like we said before, none went in the first round, and only one went in the second round. So <laughs> the pecking order isn't as clear as it has been in the past but don't fret that's why we're here uh is to help sort these guys for idp purposes and see who we should be targeting for an immediate impact who we should be keeping our eyes on for down the road like we said and who we can disregard altogether and just hope they have fulfilling lives outside of football because we are not accepting them into the wonderful land of idp at this moment but uh let's uh let's fast forward to day two of the NFL draft and kick things off with the first safety off the board, Brian Branch of the Detroit Lions, his second round pick out of Alabama. What'd you think about uh, Branch going to the Lions? Um, I would have liked it a lot more had uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson decided not to go there. (laughs) But um, I know that there's some, you know, there's definitely some knocks on what's been going on with Tracy Walker over the past couple of years. Um, that's an impending contract coming up as well. Um, I like Branch. You know, we talked about it. He was both of our kind of consensus number one in this class. I know um, the overall, you know, the take on him is he's probably going to be a nickelback. Um, I see him, you know, being able to to be a deep secondary player as well. I think, you know, he's kind of proved that at Alabama that he could play a multitude of roles. Um, I think Chauncey Gardner-Johnson at this point of his career is probably the better of the two if you're going to go nickel. So um, it'll be interesting to see where he goes with that depth chart. I mean, I think we were kind of in agreement a year ago, if I remember correctly, that Kirby Joseph's not the guy. Um, I know he was kind of forced into action and did, provide some, uh, you know, solid IDP, you know, stability for some people, you know, deep into the season with the Tracy Walker injury and things of that nature. But um, Branch is a much, much better player. So I see him, you know, especially with the draft capital, I see him being able to be on the field um, and, you know, overall really heady, smart football player too. So I think the type of guy that, you know, is really going to help the Lions, that secondary definitely got a lot better with this addition. Um, but I don't think he's a guy even being second round, you know, I, I think he could have snuck into the first round. Um, but even being in the second round there, I think he's a, a guy that's, you know, going to be looked at as a day one starter, or at least a day one contributor. Um, hopefully he doesn't get the Kyle Hamilton treatment where he's, you know, played when they decide to play him (laughs) because he is, you know, I think he's the one who you're the most excited about in your rookie drafts. You know, if you, if you are looking to safety, even though it's an overall like weak class, he's, you know, the guy who pops out at you first. So I'm really impressed with him as a whole, as a player. So I do see him adding IDP value in in year one. Um, I've seen him go everywhere you know, round four is probably the earliest I've seen him go and non, you know, like Debbie depleted type of uh, rookie drafts that we're doing. But, um, you know, after that kind of 
you know, run of linebackers and edges there. He's kind of the guy that I would be targeting there. So I would say as early as round four, I don't see him falling to the six though. So I think the four to five is kind of the sweet spot for him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you nailed it, right? Like we, when you're talking about Chauncey Gardner Johnson, it, it branches usage is kind of going to depend on how they want to use Gardner Johnson. Right. And we saw, um, we know Aaron Glenn is the defensive coordinator there for the Lions. He was the the DB coach for for the Saints when Chauncey Gardner Johnson was there, where they used him basically primarily as a slot corner. Um, the only year that Gardner Johnson really played like a true safety position was last year for the Eagles. And mind you, you know he had his best year there. He tied for the league lead of, in interceptions and all that. So maybe not like a lock for for the corner role uh, or the slot corner role but it feels like the most likely situation is putting Gardner Johnson in in the slot and um yeah hopefully branch over Joseph we'll see um I know you know Joseph did some good things last year um kind of surprised us a little bit but it, you, you, like you said you look at the draft capital and, and the the caliber of player and you you may want to get Bryant Branch out there and he's got experience playing at a high level at Alabama as well so that definitely helps his case and um yeah I I, I do I still like him as an IDP uh, a little bit curious about to see how they use them. I, I don't have him as my top safety um, right now anymore. Um, I actually moved him down to safety three because there's a couple guys that uh, that I really like. But so yeah, I'm looking maybe more like fifth round in rookie drafts um, for Brian Branch. And I mean, pretty much anybody that I I really like it on at safety is going to be a fifth round pick for me in most IDP formats. But uh, there's yeah, there's there's a couple I, I might uh, I might try to grab a little bit earlier if uh if i feel the need and and yeah branch if he was there um could be in consideration but i do have a couple more um in mind and somebody that we'll talk about shortly actually um actually we'll talk about him right now let's talk about him uh, <laughs> it's uh yeah sydney brown <laughs> uh of the philadelphia eagles third round pick out of illinois um I mean, I was fired up when the Eagles took Branch as the second safety off the board. We talked about how much of a fan of his I was in the in the pre-draft episode, which was only boosted by uh, me finding out when um, that he was Canadian. So this is the the landing spot and the capital that that I was basically looking for. I needed to to move him into my top safety spot for this class, and that's exactly where he is. Uh, he, the you know the Eagles starting safeties from last season. Um, previously mentioned uh chauncey gardner johnson and and marcus epps both those guys left in free agency and while they did add terrell edmonds that second safety spot could use an upgrade it's Kayvon wallace who we've seen on occasion get chances and unfortunately he is not him uh so we're moving on there and maybe reed blankenship is something but he's also a udfa from last rookie class and we see teams move quickly from these guys right they they quickly replace guys like that all the time even if they were halfway decent think about jack sanborn for chicago um as a recent example of that so brown comes in he's one of the more experienced safeties who played a ton in the box showed decent coverage skills and has nfl level athleticism to hold his own as a full-time player so i'm kind of all in on this one i love that brown you know what he can bring as, as a potential idp star and think he could even be the primary option to rotate down towards the line of scrimmage over Terrell Edmonds because he doesn't necessarily 
you know, have as much experience playing deep where Edmonds is a little bit better there, even though he was the guy in Pittsburgh that did the the rotating down. Um, but that's because Minka Fitzpatrick was a clear deep safety, right? So he's still probably a fifth round pick for me, early fifth, I'd say, but I'm taking him as, as safety one right now. I knew your homerism would get the yeah. best of you. Um, <laughs> also, Kevin Wallace be calling not being called not him might be right. the biggest compliment he's ever gotten. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I think a big part going back to Chauncey Gardner Johnson is a, a big part of him setting, you know, career highs and, and, you know, tied for league lead and interceptions was a product of how good that Philly system was. Um, I don't know if everyone paid attention to the NFL draft, but they got a lot better up front. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, I think there could be another product of that, of, uh, you know, the big splash plays that Brown could end up making, um, you know, whether it be near the line of scrimmage or, you know, in the secondary. Um, Terrell Edmonds and Reed Blankenship is is a, is a rough duo if you want to throw Keon Wallace in there as well. Blankenship played okay in spots last year, but I think a lot of that, um, was due to the fact of how good they were at just terrorizing pass, you know, you know, rushing the passer and the fact that, you know, it's kind of hard with Darius Lay out there. You don't really want to go after him so much because you're probably going to get picked off and it's going to go the other way. So, um, I think with the entire, you know, Georgia Bulldogs alumni up front and Hassan Reddick. They're, you know, uh, the Eagles are going to be, you know, score a lot of points and frustrate teams into throwing on them late in the game. So I could see Brown, you know, being the top IDP here for defensive backs. So despite your homerism, I think I'm going to agree with you here. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, overall, as we spoke about in the pre, the pre, um, draft episode we we did like his game and you know what he was able to do at illinois um i mean you couldn't have probably asked for a better landing spot maybe a little bit better draft capital but mm -hmm. as we spoke about you know safeties are kind of you know the, the disrespected bunch right now it seems like um over these past couple of years but yeah uh another another guy as we've talked about like you know fifth round um if you're playing in those you know, seven round leagues, which most of those full IDP leagues are um, anywhere from, you know, I don't think he's making it out of the fifth. I think a lot of people are, you know, recency bias of what Chauncey Gardner Johnson was able to do there. And, and just the system that they're building is, um, is pretty good there. And, you know, Terrell Edmonds is another one, you know, a guy that I could see washed out in a year, you know, um, you know, in terms of being in Philly, I don't know how long those contracts were, but I don't yeah. think they're they're very long. And, and Reed Blankenship was also a late round pick, if if not undrafted, if I remember. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think Brown's got the kind of clear advantage there, and, and Philly will definitely find a way to use him. If if not, you know, right away, definitely in a few of those blowout games, which I'm sure they're you know bound to have this year. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. I, I just hope I don't get uh, Hamilton again here with my my love for a safety because that that, that would be heartbreaking. I, I would start punting the position completely as well, uh, like the NFL if that happens. But yeah, I feel good about it. Like you said, yeah, Reed Blankenship, UDFA um, last year, Terrell Edmonds. I believe it is a one-year uh, deal for him in Philly. So uh, at the very least, we're, we're going to see uh, Sidney Brown on the field pretty shortly for that defense, which will be nice. Um all right, let's go on to, so this was the third safety, at least according to my positions here, um, taken in the draft, but 
interesting, interestingly, was announced as a linebacker uh, when they called his name at the draft, and that is Marte Mapu going to the New England Patriots in the third round out of uh, Sacramento State uh, of the FCS. What did you think about uh, Mapu, and are you calling him a linebacker or a safety? Um, believe it's a Bill Belichick to draft another guy and not give him a position, right? Whether it's <laughs> yeah. offense or defense. Yeah. Um, that defense is, is just going to be good, you know, every year that Bill Belichick is there. It seems like, um, you know, that defense gets it done. You know, they're definitely not the reason that they're losing games, it seems like. Um, I know Mapu is kind of a tweener at Sacramento State, probably going to play a little bit of the, I mean, he's way too small for me to say like, he's going to be a linebacker, mm-hmm. but I've also seen Bill Belichick do some pretty wild stuff with some smaller type players. <laughs> so um, nothing that he does really surprises you. Um, I think he's built a little bit more like a defensive back. Um, I know some of the comps were, Hey, you know, these new breed of Darius Leonard type linebackers that can be 220 pounds, but run sideline to sideline, but they're instinctive. You know, they can make plays on the ball. Um, I don't know Mapu's, you know, career stats from, you know, big plays. It was kind of not a guy that was on our radar at all, Mm -hmm. um, obviously, but, um, you know, it's the New England Patriots, whether it's offense or defense, it seems like if you're looking for consistency from a IDP or a fantasy scoring standpoint, go find that somewhere else because you're not going to find it there. So um, if he's able to bulk up and kind of learn that system, he seems like he's a smarter player. Um, He, you know, he can definitely be a weapon there, but it's not, I mean, it's, it's New England. So it's going to be, you're going to be fighting with that 55% to 60% snap count. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's going to have those big splash plays and then you're going to start him when you need him, And he's going to, you know, get you that big fat zero. So um, in terms of the player, I think he can mold into something. I mean, maybe he plays like a Jack linebacker type. I think like, uh, I want to say New England's depth chart right now has him as a Sam, um, but I mean, who knows what he's actually going to do. There isn't a ton to like there at linebacker, but there's definitely some depth at safety. They brought Peppers in last year. They have Duggar. They have Adrian Phillips still. Um, You know, they drafted Christian Gonzalez. You know, they – Jalen Mills is still there. There's just kind of a mess Mm -hmm. in that secondary for me to call him a safety. That's why I'm kind of defaulting to the linebacker a little bit, but – in those formats where we have the dual position eligibility, I definitely think he's worth a, a sixth to seventh round pick in your rookie draft. If you have weak depth at one of those spots, um, mm-hmm. those IDP best balls is probably where I'm valuing him the most because mm-hmm. you know, he's those splash weeks. He's going to be of value to you and not just sitting on your bench. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. I, I mean, I, the way I'm looking at it is maybe it's the same plan as you know how the Jets converted Jamie and Sherwood and and Hamza Nasir Dean a few years ago, right? Um, we know Belichick likes the safeties in more of a linebacker role versus a more typical linebacker. Um, so that that's why I think you know Kyle Duggar is such a solid IDP when he's on the field, and and Adrian Phillips and to a lesser extent, Jabril Peppers last year, because New England wants that kind of versatility in the box and guys that can move. So who knows? I, I think you're right. I think he probably will be used more as a linebacker than a safety, like you say. And um, at the same time, you know, Kyle Duggar's contract is up at the end of this year. Peppers and Phillips are up in two, but 
Pepper's more of a special teamer anyways, most recently. Um, so maybe Bill is looking for his next Kyle Duggar out of the FCS as well um, to replace him here soon. So, yeah, I think you're probably not drafting him in a five-round rookie draft. But, yeah, maybe six, seven um, in, in some of those deeper leagues, you might take a shot on him with where it's like pure dart throws at that point. So, uh, yeah, good call. All right, let's go to Jair Brown uh, got drafted in the third round to the 49ers uh, out of Penn State. So I think, you know, for Jair Brown, I guess the day two capital surprised me maybe a little bit. I think I I said on the last pod that he'd probably be more of a a day three guy, but also not the worst landing spot if you're willing to be to be patient with him. I don't think he's starting this year, not with with Hufanga and even with Deshaun Gibson still on the roster. Um, but uh, Gibson could be done as soon as next season. Uh, who knows? We'll see if they just keep bringing him back on one-year deals until the end of time. But uh, if he doesn't, I mean, it leaves an opportunity for Brown and Hufanga to be the starting tandem of the future, which is kind of fun. And maybe San Francisco can actually start unleashing their safeties at as blitzers at a higher rate as well um, because they have Hufanga who we, we loved as a blitzer a couple of years ago. And um, now they got Brown who also had a lot of success in that role at, at, at college. So, you know, they, they were still decent. Like they were a slightly above average, I believe in like DB blitzing, um, but not, at such a high rate, especially when you look at like Talanoa Hufanga and his usage um, at USC uh, at college, you know, he he really excelled in that role and Brown kind of did as well at Penn state. So maybe there's a chance they start unleashing these guys a little bit more, probably not somebody I'm drafting again in most five round rookie drafts, but I definitely don't mind taking a shot on him outside of that range and kind of stashing him on a taxi squad in those, in those deeper leagues, hoping that he emerges, you know, next season, basically. Yeah, I was a, a big fan of the landing spot because I think Gibson is, you know, on borrowed time for sure. Yeah. Um, losing, they lost Jimmy Ward as well, right? I mm-hmm. think that's a, you know, a kind of a big loss there. And I do think that the defense is kind of evolving a little bit. You know, you lose Aziz Elshier in free agency. Um, you know, Greenlaw and, and Warner are great. You know what I mean? Probably the best tandem in the league, you know, if you will. So, um, but Hufunga did play a lot more and seemed like his, his best success is around the line of scrimmage. So I think, you know, protecting the backup plan of saying, Hey, he can play if Gibson goes out, but also if Hufunga does end up missing time, we have another guy who's as successful being that heat seeking missile off the edge Mm -hmm. if we need him to be. So um, the ability for, I mean, I like the landing spot just because of, kind of the weak depth there and the fact that you have, you know, the one, a one B pass rusher in the game, who's going to, you know, cause some problems all by himself. So um, I do like the landing spot. I think, um, you know, yeah, you're, you're probably looking at an injury, you know, for him to see consistent snaps year one, unless, uh, you know, he does really just kind of like pop off, you know, early in some limited snaps, but um, yeah, I wouldn't look at him as a day one starter, but I do like, you know, sometimes we, for offense, we're definitely looking at like a year two, year three, but with, you know, IDP, especially on the safety side with how much teams are employing the three safety looks and, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of trying to match up to the offenses, you know, whether it be a flex tight end or, a, you know, just a, a three to four wide receiver set that gives them trouble. He could, he could be a guy that could be on the field, you know, quite a bit more than we think. Um, but yeah, overall the landing spot could have been 
much worse. Um, so yeah. I, I definitely like it, you know, when you're looking at guys like, you know, a 30 plus year old safety in front of you who, you know, has never been as good as he has been, yeah. you know, like the last year or so you kind of, you know, hold out a little bit of hope that, um, you know, the rookie will come in, you know, the draft capital definitely surprised me a little bit, you know, based on, you know, the conversations that you and I had. So um, I'm curious to see how he, uh, how he fits into that mold, you know, with San Fran on their third defensive coordinator in three years. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a good call. It, yeah, it's probably not somebody for this year, um, but it, this happens a lot with rookies, right? There, it, It's hard for rookies to kind of come in and right away be considered starters. So uh, don't be surprised if Jair Brown takes a year at least um, to even behind a 33-year-old uh, to Sean Gibson. But, um, but here's a guy I think – um, could potentially be a relevant IDP rookie. So Jordan Battle got drafted in the third round out of Alabama, going to the Cincinnati Bengals. What did you think about the the Jordan Battle landing spot? Um, we we talked about it. Battle uh, Battle's coverage grades, I think, were you know kind of off the charts for yeah. all the safeties in this class. Um, not the most athletic guy, not the biggest guy, not the you know best player, but um, a guy who can play in a, a couple different roles. And I mean, what better landing spot than a position you know than Cincinnati, who lost their incumbent starters for three, four plus years? So um, yeah, I I like the fit there. I mean, obviously we're we're all still holding out hope for Dax Hill, and it seems like battle at least appears to be behind him in the depth chart right now but um we know how much cincinnati likes to employ those young dbs to hopefully give patrick mahomes trouble (laughs) in the uh you know late in the season so um battle with the you know with the experience you know playing under saban and in that defense i think um now playing with another front four that's very good um i think he can he'll fit well in there um it is a great backup plan for cincinnati if something goes wrong um nick scott is another one that you know we kind of loved when he was free now that he actually cost something it's i would rather have jordan battle (laughs) um but yeah i think you know that that system that Cincinnati implores, I mean, we saw last year with Cam Taylor Britt was on nobody's radar and, you know, he popped towards the end of the season. So um, they seem to get the most out of those those young defensive backs and, and kind of put them in a position to make plays, um, battle with the history of making plays and kind of the ability to be versatile, I think is going to be a good fit there. Um, another safety that you're looking at probably after a few we discussed already, um, he might be a little bit higher. I think I have him as high is db3 so i am pretty excited about him there because i do think he's going to see the field um sooner than later yeah for sure i i mean it's a great landing spot we we, you taught you nailed it like von bell jesse bates they're both gone so they brought in nick scott whatever um but i I think battle has more than enough experience you know again playing at the highest level in college to to kind of not be overly concerned about him starting as a rookie if if cincinnati goes that route which feels like they might i I mean you know the more i dug into battle prior to the draft the more i actually ended up kind of liking him uh he popped like you said as the best safety in this class and almost all the stable metrics for the position that transfer from college to the nfl I, i know the one area where he was poor was as a run stopper but you know he wasn't as effective near the line of scrimmage but it wasn't like overly concerning about him that i would be worried that that'll translate necessarily to the nfl it isn't uh something that 
you know, I think is going to stick as much as some of the, the other stuff, like him being good in coverage. And if he does get that usage, uh, like Von Bell uh, in Cincinnati, which I think is possible. I mean, if I'm choosing, if Dax Hill and, and uh, Jordan Battle are the starters, I, I would lean towards Jordan Battle playing more of that Von Bell role, where Dax Hill maybe plays more of the deep role. Um, he's, just a, he's just a bit bigger, has a little bit more experience playing down near the, the line of scrimmage as well, Dax Hill probably uh also better in coverage they're both good in coverage but he'll play more of that slot role and it could play more of the deep role as well so i i lean towards battle playing the von bell role if i had to choose and um i'm pretty excited about him as well i think i got him safety too but again fifth round rookie pick i, I mean let's not get too excited um if you want to take him first as, as the first safety or you know slightly earlier than the fifth i wouldn't go too much higher than that but um yeah, I, I do like uh, Jordan Battle. So uh, I think he could be a, a relevant IDP rookie right out the gate. All right, let's go to Jamie. Um, Jamie Robinson gets drafted by the Carolina Panthers, fifth-round pick out of FSU. And so this is now we're going into to day three here pretty quickly. Um, you know, we knew it wasn't a – Crazy deep safety class going into this draft, but just five safeties through the first three rounds pretty much confirms that. Uh, but yeah, I, I really liked Jamie pre-draft and, and would have liked him a lot more if he didn't end up in the land of the safeties over there in, in Carolina. Uh, I mean, now they have, what, Jeremy Chin, Von Bell, Xavier Woods. They even brought in freaking pain in the ass Eric Rowe. Um who constantly is a thorn in the side of my Brandon Jones shares. Um, but yeah, I, I really liked the the versatility of Jamie at, at FSU and, and South Carolina. So there, there's, I think there's a number of ways that they could use him, but also because of how crowded that safety room is there, there's a lot of ways that they probably won't use him um, at least as a rookie, which is kind of a bummer. So Sadly, I'm probably passing on Jamie in most rookie drafts for a lot of other maybe better dart throws out there at different positions. Uh, even with Jeremy Chin's contract up at the end of this year, um, they still got Bell. They, they still have Woods. It's just too much to kind of hope for um, going right in his favor for him to be worth a rookie pick at this point. If you want to add him, you know, after rookie draft, something like that for free, um, I, I don't mind it. Maybe, you know, they start employing more that, again, that three safety look, which they did uh, in the past, and, and he could get on the field that way. But there's there's a lot of bodies there right now that he kind of has to contend with. So I'm not as excited about Jamie as I was pre-draft, but uh, yeah, hoping he proves me wrong. But uh, what did you think about him in Carolina? That one was a, a little bit of a bummer because we had both kind of believed in the talent of Jamie um, pre-draft and the, the Von Bell signing was the one there that kind of crushed, right? Like you would think that it had, you know, the Von Bell signing basically kind of insinuated that Jeremy Chin was going to go back to that little, you know, kind of hybrid linebacker type role um, or Von Bell was going to start playing in the box like he kind of did a lot at Cincinnati. So, um one of the two was going to happen, but now, like you said, you're, you know, you still have Xavier Woods who, I mean, not so much last year, but you know, in Minnesota the year prior was, you know, a monster as a deep safety, you know, seemed like he was kind of, you know, all over it. Um, but yeah, I, I don't really know what Caroline is doing. I think you're looking at a, a two to three year, you know, plan here with Jamie. Um, 
I don't think there's any way that they let Chin walk unless, you know, another significant injury happens this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, even with that being said, I don't know. You know, you still have Dante Jackson there. You have J.C. Horn there. You're Even if you go to that three-safety look, unfortunately it doesn't look like Jamie's probably in play for being one of those three safeties. So um, I have probably five or six rookie drafts in right now, uh, between five and seven rounds and have not have yet to see him drafted. Um, he's a name to definitely keep, you know, on your radar. If, you know, something happens, a, a preseason or, you know, camp injury, you know, it might kind of slide it, bring him up the depth chart a little bit, but still, you know, you would like to see him, you know, be given a chance to even on limited snaps kind of like prove himself, but I just don't know where he fits here. Um, and that's kind of, you know, definitely concerning for IDP value. You're not really interested in somebody that doesn't look like there's any kind of clear path. Yeah. Yeah. And there, there's a few guys like that, right? It's just it, with there's being so many safeties. And if you're playing in a DB league, um, there's just, it's such a big pool of players. It's not really worth kind of taking a shot on one of these guys uh, with a rookie pick. Um, even if it's late, if, if there's not like a clear path that you can see um, to them starting. So for now, Jamie remains on waivers, and we'll see if uh, if anything comes of that uh, down the road. But for now, we'll leave him be. Um, let's go to yeah. This so this is another one kind of interesting. Uh, Jordan Howden uh, goes to the New Orleans Saints. He was not somebody that we talked about uh, in the pre-draft episode, but a fifth-round pick out of Minnesota going to the Saints. Did you? have anything on on how to and anything you want to talk about there no he might be a guy that surprised you a little bit but it seems like he's one of those you know uh team captain you know uh multiple year starter consistent you know can learn from you know a lot of veteran leadership there in new orleans with uh tara matthew marcus may i believe jonathan abram is on the roster there too who Mm -hmm. uh, you know there's feelings about him but he he was valuable for idp for a, a short <laughs> amount of time yeah. but um yeah i mean i don't i don't see any kind of path where howden would even be on my radar um at all but you know again you know with him being drafted uh, ahead of some guys that we might like more <laughs> who fell a little bit further in the draft right. unexpectedly I, I don't um you know i howden wasn't a guy that was on either of our radars and you know mm-hmm. we we definitely looked pretty deep into this class when we yeah. did the pre-draft episode so that probably about sums it up on how i feel about him <laughs> yeah yeah no for sure and i, I mean the only thing I, I could really think of with howden is that maybe the saints plan to use him as, as more of a nickel corner um that's where he you know ha- has the most experience from college and they they have bradley roby there he's really the only one that kind of fits that role i, I don't know that they'd love Ugo Amadi is the next man up should something happen to Roby. So maybe that's where Howden comes in. And, and in that case, if he does have to fill in, he could be kind of interesting. But again, more of like a waiver pickup in season, right? If you see Bradley Roby go down um, and there's there's news of Howden potentially stepping into that role. But outside of that, I mean, your chances, I think, are slim at this point, at least as a rookie. All right, let's go to another fifth-round pick. This one out of Cal. Uh, Daniel Scott gets picked by the Indianapolis Colts. So, again, another guy we didn't talk about. Um, not somebody that, I, I mean, I had my eye on pre-draft and even post-draft now doing a quick little 
toe dip of research on him. I'm finding it hard to get too excited about him. You know, de- decent size, really athletic, so that's nice. But after that, I'm just kind of lukewarm on him for the NFL. Look, I, you know, he spent six years at Cal. I, I think he might actually be a doctor now. So, uh, <laughs> but, you know, if we're looking at him as a player, 18.3% missed tackle rate for his career. Obviously, don't love that. Uh, yeah, had a, had a career high coverage grade prior to last year. Uh, at 87.9 but then in essentially the same deployment uh this past season it came down quite a bit 69.4 even with the exact same ball production as well with three interceptions and four pass breakups in each of the past two seasons so gives you a better idea that he really was uh, a, a bit worse this past season um the good thing i think with him is that the Colts safety room is pretty uninspiring uh julian blackman is there and should start as the primary deep option but then it's you know, guys like Ronnie Thomas, who is probably the favorite to start next to Blackman. Uh, Nick Cross, who really let me down last year, um, losing that profitable starting job. So uh, he he's dead to me. Um, and then, you know, so maybe <laughs> Scott uh, gets some action due to injury or, or whatever. But for now, definitely not someone I'm drafting. Just a guy that might pop up as a waiver option in season. Yeah, this one screams as a special teams yeah. type draft pick. Um, another guy, I think that was a team captain, or God, I hope he was if he spent six years in college. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I see him being like free safety depth. Um, the, the same with me. The, the one thing that jumped off was just how good of an athlete he is. So maybe that parlays into him getting some snaps, you know, if needed, you know. Um, but again, we're not really you know, climbing over each other to draft a, a deep safety in IDP. So, um, yeah, not not a whole lot of faith in him either. Uh, you know, this is kind of typical of NFL teams to do at this point of the draft is to, you know, kind of get some more like smart, heady, veteran-type players who are good athletes who, you know, could learn in the system and end up being, you know, formidable starters down the line. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, there wasn't a whole lot to be excited about about Scott other yeah. than – as you spoke about the the depth chart, but he's not a guy I see really, you know, being the best player on that poor depth chart. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah. It's just hard to imagine it. Right. And I mean, maybe it's something down the road, but uh, for now, just treat him as a depth NFL player, not, not somebody that you look at for IDP, but uh, um, that that's it for the guys that we didn't cover in the pre-draft episode. Now we could get back on track here to the guys that we we did cover, and one of them being uh, Antonio Johnson, who got drafted by the Jacksonville Jaguars in the fifth round pick uh, at, in the fifth round out of Texas A&M. And actually, you called the Jaguars. Um, I'm pretty sure, at least in your prospect profile, for him as a landing spot. So that was good. What did you think about uh, Antonio going to the Jags? So I'll probably, you know, plant the flag on being the Antonio Johnson fan club, yeah. <laughs> you know, owner, <laughs> president, CEO. Um, yeah, I did the the IDP profile on him. I, I do like a ton about his game. I do think he's a, you know, one of those alpha type players who's going to make his presence known. Um, Jacksonville was a, a spot that I liked for him because I, you know, kind of countering back here to the, the Colts, but a very poor defensive backfield. I don't think uh, there's a ton there to get excited about. Rayshon Jenkins has been, you know, the kind of consistent IDP there um, at the strong safety. Um, Andre Cisco has come in, but um, ironically enough, I did a write up on Cisco when he came out too, and uh, there isn't too many people bite on ball flakes 
Punk fakes worse than that guy, but um, <laughs> Syracuse guy, so I got to be nice to him. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I I see Johnson, Trey Herndon, I think is slotted in right now to be the nickel. I think Johnson's better than him. Um, so um, I know Herndon's a, a veteran and probably is definitely going to get the first stab there. But um, the draft capital sucked. You know what I mean? I wish it was better, but the landing spot, I I can't be too upset about. I do think there's an opportunity to kind of break through there and, and get him on the field. Um, a lot to lo- I like a lot more about him than I think most do. Um, obviously, the draft capital kind of proves most of those people right right now, but I'm kind of hoping that he breaks through. I do I do like the player. Um, I like the landing spot. Um, he is a guy that in that sixth seventh round, you know, when you're talking about some of those team builds, you know, if you're looking at a spot where you're a little weak at safety, um, that's a guy I'm definitely targeting. Um, I think I have him as. DB six. I'm not sure where we ranked him pre-draft, but I don't think it was too far off of that. So not a ton change for me. Um, if anything, I was kind of encouraged by the um, the landing spot, obviously more than the draft capital, but understood after his kind of dip in production there um, why you know he fell a little bit. But um, a lot more faith in him than some of the safeties that were drafted ahead of him for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. And I think, yeah, if you're, you know, um, pegging him as kind of the nickel guy there, that that's really interesting, right? Because, um, yeah, safety, there's probably not an opportunity to start year one, right? Because they have a uh, Rayshon Jenkins, that contract of his, he's not going anywhere. Um, and then Andre Cisco, like you said, so um yeah, I mean, if he could beat out Trey Herndon, that would be a lot of fun because, yeah, we liked Antonio Johnson just being like this hammer in the run game too, right? So he could kind of move inside um, and, and help in run support as well. Could be a really nice fit for them um, if he can move up the depth chart there. And, yeah, I, I, I'm not overly confident for, for year one, but if that's the path, then that would be that would definitely make him more interesting for, for IDP because he was um, a very effective run, uh, run support player. So like that um but uh, yeah we we could keep going here we'll go with uh christopher smith so um i know you like christopher smith as well but uh he goes he goes in the fifth round uh to the las vegas raiders out of georgia so i you know i wasn't crazy about a pre-draft but i don't hate this landing spot either um you know the raiders have been perfectly fine just kind of being mid at the safety position for the last few years uh Trayvon Merrick is is still going to start there even though you you might never see him on screen when you're watching the games because he spends so much time deep but outside of him I I mean Marcus Epps is probably the favorite to start and you know he was fine for the Eagles like you said that Eagles defense um made things pretty easy on on their defensive backs as well so there there could be a part of it as well he's not you know a world beater by any means and if smith could be somebody that impresses i I don't think it's impossible for him to win a starting job there in vegas and if he does that then that's a really nice kind of spot to emerge as an idp asset and like you like you've said uh in the pre-draft episode just having that pedigree of being in georgia and and a a leader on that defense and uh, you know there's there's a lot to be said about that the fifth round draft capital isn't amazing by any means but again it's not a great depth chart and um if he can prove to be an effective player and and make an impact for them there's at least a chance that he could start um in year one what what did you think about it i like smith a lot more pre-draft um it's another bill belichick disciple so you know i don't i'm not super i mean there's a lot of veterans on that roster ahead of him you know Merrig is obviously going to 
play deep. You know what I mean? Like, um, I think Smith, the big, best thing he has going for him with that landing spot is the fact that you're going to get assaulted with a aerial attack from Mahomes and Herbert at least four times a year. Um, so, you know, maybe he does get on the field. There isn't anything in that safety group that like wows me, but again, Smith doesn't really wow me. So, um, he's a guy that, you know, to your point, I'm probably passing on, you know, even yeah. in seven round drafts. Um, if there's an, uh, an option to kind of throw him on a taxi, you know, him and, you know, going back to Antonio Johnson too, like those might be guys that are worth that dart throw in the seventh round. If you, you can either have a really deep roster or stash him on a taxi squad where you have to, you don't really, um, I know we typically will use that for, you know, those developing offensive guys but you know don't be afraid to use it for defense too <laughs> so um but yeah not a ton to get excited about there because i mean you hit the nail on the head like i mean the raiders are the definition of mid at safety and it's just you know it seems like it's one of those things that's always going to be that way yeah. it doesn't seem like it's going to change anytime soon yeah yeah that's the thing right like it's it was the Raiders are always like a favorite landing spot for me for one of the the better safeties, the guys that I liked a lot more. I I think I had Christopher Smith as like safety 10 when we did our, our top 10 uh, pre-draft. So, you know, even though he's not a, a favorite safety of mine, the landing spot was one of my favorites. But so if it was one of the better safeties uh, or at least one of my favorite safeties, I'd be a little bit more excited where Smith, I'm just kind of hoping that I was wrong about him um, in the pre-draft process and that he could emerge. Cause I, I don't really, I'm not crazy about Marcus Epps either um, or the other guys that they have there. So we'll see what happens, but yeah, it's just, like you said, it's, it's a dart throw um, to take if, if you're, if you're feeling nasty, basically. Um, so that was it. Those are the top 10, uh, but we did have a couple sleepers um, that we wanted to add in. We did this last episode with, with Joey. We threw in a couple guys that were drafted outside of the top 10 uh, and guys that we think we kind of like maybe um, either to start this year or to be decent stashes over some of the guys that were drafted ahead of them. So um, did you want to kick us off here with, uh, with one of the guys? Um, Anthony Johnson. I think is, is one to keep an eye on. Um, we really liked him, you know, a guy that kind of, um, you know, has the skills, has the ability, you know, you could see him definitely being a contributor. Um, Green Bay seems like they're always looking for that next safety, you know, seem to find these guys late. Um, but you know, Darnell Savage has been, you know, one of the most frustrating, you know, uh, guys to roster <laughs> in IDP over the past couple of years. Um, the Jonathan Owens signing, I know that was just recently, that one kind of stung a little bit for this Anthony Johnson, you know, right. hype train. <laughs> um, even though he was a seventh round pick, I, I did still have a little bit of hope. Uh, Rudy Ford, I think, is slotted to start there. And he is kind of still, you know, I know he made some plays last year, but I don't think he's a, a guy that I'm overly excited about either. Um, yeah. But Johnson's skill set, you know, that, that, Lucas Van Ness landing there, Rashawn Gary, you know, being able to come back hopefully from that injury is, you know, they're still going to have a decent front there, um, you know, with Quay Walker from last year. So I think their their front seven is going to be, you know, as good as it's been. Um, their problems have constantly been on the back end. Uh, Razul Douglas has kind of been an IDP savior over the past couple of years, mm -hmm. you know, kind of like booming. So um, 
looking for some stability at safety. Uh, I don't know if this is Savage's last year. I mean, if it's not his last year in Green Bay, it might be his last year in the NFL. Like, that's how much I loathe him. (laughs) But, but, um, yeah, I mean, the opportunity is there. I don't see that being a terribly tough depth chart to kind of crack and see a few snaps early. Um, But, you know, when you're looking at a guy from a a seventh-round draft capital, you're just praying he makes the roster. You're not drafting him and even – deep best ball leagues. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was, it, it was really weird that he fell to the seventh round to me. I mean, I know he was like the, I think the 90th ranked player on the, the PFF big board. I think a lot of people had him a high up high like that as well. And it's weird for a player to drop to the seventh round without like obvious red flags or at least public red flags that, that maybe, um, you know, maybe there's something that we don't know about, but typically that's what causes, you know, a big drop like that, but I haven't seen anything since. So I still like Anthony Johnson. I I mean, I was actually, we were, I thought I was close to nailing this, this landing spot as well, but it was Antonio Johnson. I said to green Bay and not Anthony. So these guys keep messing with me here, but um, yeah, I, I know they brought in Jonathan Owens and Jonathan Owens was great for IDP last year. He made a lot of tackles, but he was not a good NFL safety. Um, he was really poor. So I don't think it's impossible. Rudy Ford, the same thing. These aren't guys that are, you know, you're overly afraid of it when looking at the depth chart. Um, I, I thought Anthony Johnson was good. You know, it was his first year transitioning from corner to safety as well at Iowa State. So he was able to kind of maintain solid grades across the board, which was nice. Even added a couple interceptions um, for the first time in his career as a result. So, yeah, you're you're right. The Green Bay secondary, they're they're in need of capable players who can start and, and be relied upon to play significant snaps. And Darnell Savage probably is the only full guy that you'd trust in that group because he has full-time experience but i don't know i mean johnson has over three thousand defensive snaps of experience as well um playing all over the secondary so i think he has a good shot to win outright um if not uh if not in a year from now so keep an eye on him and one more sleeper here uh jl skinner uh went to the denver broncos out of boise state i cannot remember where he was drafted i can't read it on the thing there but um maybe sixth round right yeah so jl skinner uh top 150 player on pff's big board prior to the draft fell to the sixth round and this one was due to injury concerns um but i think he you know maybe a steal for the Broncos. We, I know we both really liked him. Uh, they, they did bring back the 35 year old starter of the past four seasons, Kareem Jackson for another run. Uh, well, other depth at the position, it just kind of consists of PJ Locke, who, who's a free agent at the end of the year. Uh, Caden Stearns, who has, I think just four career starts in the NFL. Um, Stearns, probably the favorite to start next season over Skinner, assuming Locke and and Kareem Jackson do depart in free agency or retirement. Um, But Skinner certainly has the ability to outperform Stearns and and win that starting role. I know we both liked him a fair bit pre-draft. You know, he showed off strong coverage ability as a starter over the last two seasons as well, earned coverage grades over 80 in each of those seasons and totaled six interceptions and seven pass breakups over that span. So even with the poor draft capital, um, and especially for IDP as a player with more experience playing up near the line of scrimmage, I, I think he's an ideal sleeper to kind of grab post rookie drafts. Yeah. I mean, we were both real, real high on Skinner. I think he could mm-hmm. be the steal of the draft. I don't see it taking too long before he's a starter in Denver. Um, you know, last year, I think Justin 
Simmons, Skinner, and Kareem, or Justin Simmons, Caden Stearns, and Kareem Jackson were all hurt at a certain point, maybe not all together. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, Simmons is kind of the IDP darling there, but, you know, he's kind of been inconsistent as well as being, you know, hurt yeah. quite a bit. But um, I think Skinner's drop is 100% due to the injury and kind of the, the dip in production, you know, during his last college season um but size like that the ability to play as violent as he plays down by the line of scrimmage as just not things that you see in typical safeties these days so i think that's why denver was willing to take that chance on him and um as much as kareem jackson coming back kind of you know hurts a little bit i think uh with skinner still probably rehabbing from that injury at least in the early part of the year um you know it's nice to have a veteran in front of you who's aging you know kind of on the last year last year of his contract if you will but has a a a wealth of knowledge to be able to kind of you know bestow on on a young player who you know he's looking to come in as this you know kind of like freak cyborg (laughs) in the secondary that denver can definitely use um i am a caden stearns fan but i don't think for idp i think maybe more for a little bit of kind of actual professional football i think he's a a guy that denver can definitely use um having you know patrick sertan jr is kind of nice you can only really have to cover half the field at that point um but um you you have the safeties now to do it um with alex singleton and josie jewel kind of being you know hurt you know, they rotate who wants to get hurt for a couple of games, it seems like, <laughs> all year. So, um, you know, upgrades there with Drew Sanders and stuff like that. But, um, you know, again, playing in a division where all they're going to do is, you know, try to challenge you with the pass. Um, it is nice to kind of have, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a young safety, a, a plethora of safeties to be able to combat that from a defensive standpoint. For sure. Love it. Um, well, uh, there we go. I mean, again, maybe not – the most like exciting safety class this year, but still worth kind of combing through to, to note who is who and which guys are actually worth targeting an IDP league. So hope you all enjoyed it. Uh, Mr. Glosser, thank you, my friend for popping on once again, it's always a pleasure to be able to chat and pick your brain for all that football knowledge. So a huge thank you again for doing this with me. Always uh, never get a, you know, never going to turn down a chance to talk with a fellow John. Yes, sir. <laughs> I appreciate that, man. Yeah, it's a, it's always a blast. I, you know, I, we're always talking safeties, but we'll we'll find a way to to mix it up at, at some point in the future and and talk some different IDPs as well for sure. So, um, I appreciate you coming on once again, and um, please remind the people where they could find uh, you and your work and and what you have coming up for the rest of this off season. Um, DynastyNerds.com. Um, you'll see all of my work over there. Um, kind of getting into some uh, Devi IDP before the college season starts and uh, uh, had a little bit of success last year, you know, with my kind of top 12 players at every position to watch out for, you know, some of them still in college. <laughs> so there might be some, you know, some repeat guys on those lists, but um, that's a cool one to do to kind of let the people know what, uh, you know, what to kind of look for, you know, even if they're just, you know, box score watching um this season as the college season comes up um but all the idp rankings all the idp rookies are in the dynasty nerds ranking on the dynasty gm tool you know i would be you know i, I have to be a company man until that line the dynasty gm tool is uh the thing to have if you're playing you uh, dynasty fantasy football at you know 
the competitive, the most competitive level, especially when you got to play against guys like John here and you want the biggest edge you can get. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, all my stuff will be over there and, um, you know, always around to help as those rookie drafts are getting closer and, um, you know, some of them wrapping up, uh, don't be afraid to kind of reach out to, you know, any of us who like to help in the community to kind of give you a little bit of edge, um, on your league mates there to make sure that you know what, uh, what rookies to take and what rookies to pass on. Perfect. Yes, sir. And definitely be sure to follow John and his work over at dynasty nerds and at Glosser 13 on the Twitter. Um, as for me, you can still find me here every other week on this podcast, talking IDP. Uh, and you can now find me regularly on the PFF fantasy podcast as well. Talking offense. If you're into that kind of thing, not as exciting as IDP, I know, but if you are, uh, please check it out and let me know what you think uh, as you have with this show. It would truly mean the world to me. Uh, if not, all my written work is on pff.com where you can find my uh, offense position tiers this week. They should all be up on the site by the end of this week uh, with IDP on the way. So check that out. I would greatly appreciate it. Uh, and then next episode, we wrap up all the post-rookie draft talk by bringing back the man, the myth, the legend, Kyle Bellyfuel to talk linebackers. So until then, thank you all very much for your support. IDP sent.